Friends, before we listen to the word of God, will you please join me in a word of prayer? O Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Prepare our hearts, we ask, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own. Give us grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first lesson this morning is out of the Old Testament, out of the book Jeremiah, chapters 1, verses 4 to 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Oh, Lord, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to, all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appointed you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Listen now to God's word that is to us and for us. Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all of the wonderful things he was doing. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During my first year of seminary at Columbia Theological Seminary, I took a preaching course. One of my professors, the Reverend Dr. Anna Carter Florence, 
encouraged our class to gain new perspectives through a particular exercise. In this preaching class, one of the main assignments for the course was to fill in this sentence. The kingdom of God is like dot, dot, dot. Now, there was an extra layer to this assignment, similar to the exercise Pastor Brian and Pastor Emily from RPUMC Next Door practiced a few weeks ago. Each week, my class was invited to go and place ourselves in different locations throughout the city. We were encouraged to be particularly mindful of how our physical location influenced our perspectives of one another, of ourselves, and of God. And maybe, just maybe, we would gain a new perspective as we became in touch with a scripture text, with the world, and with the divine in new ways. Dr. Carter Florence invited us to wander around the international farmer's market, or sit in the waiting room of a hospital, or go to a lo local public transportation station. After each new location, my class would come back together and share our new perspectives with one another. The kingdom of God is like. A new location I recently experienced gave me a new perspective. It was one that did not make that seminary assignment list, and I would have never guessed I would have found myself in this particular location in my life. Because of various Presbyterian connections for which I am so grateful, I have heard of this gem and mystery of a trip called Outdoor Challenge for a number of years now. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to experience it for myself. A group of us from RPC and Sanctuary on 8th Street left early one morning and headed north towards the mountains of Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. This trip was everything I expected it to be, and it was everything I did not expect it to be all at the same time. I expected it to be a week full of activities that included challenging ourselves outdoors, hence its name, Outdoor Challenge. But I never expected the way that the physicality of this trip would transform our group's perspectives, how it would change our mentality, our emotionality, and our spirituality. This trip consisted of participating in a variety of outdoor activities, Everything from caving to rafting to hiking to swimming to kayaking to camping to rappelling to ziplining and many other outdoor ing words I'm for sure missing, but I think you get the idea. So one afternoon we went caving. Now this isn't your good old touristy Ruby Falls type of caving where an elevator slowly descends you into the cave and there are nicely lit paths that guide you through. No. Instead, this was a wild, live, still-forming cave in which knee pads, a helmet, and a headlamp were required. If you haven't guessed it yet, this cave was the new location that did not make that seminary assignment list and was a location I never expected to find myself in. But there we were. So to enter and travel through the cave, you had to bend over and crawl on your hands and knees 
over rocks and through cold clay into the unknown. As the light from the opening and exit of the cave was becoming more and more dim, and as my hands began to tremble more and more, I began questioning and wondering about my participation in this particular activity. And my mind wandered to the scripture text for today. I can only imagine the trembling that woman was experiencing as she heard Jesus call her over, as she responded to the teacher of all teachers and the healer of all healers. Maybe she too approached Jesus questioning and wondering. I can only imagine how this woman's lived experience of being bent over, unable to stand up straight for 18 long years influenced her physical perspective of the world, how it influenced her mental, emotional, and spiritual self. I can only imagine the thoughts and emotions and feelings she experienced after being healed. Immediately, the text tells us, the woman stood up straight. Within moments, she was no longer experiencing an ailment that bound her for 18 years long. Her new physical perspective gave her a new mental, emotional, and spiritual perspective too. No longer experiencing a bent over stature, the woman immediately began praising God. This woman reminds us that our physicality is in relationship with our mentality, our emotionality, and our spirituality. The scripture text also tells us and reminds us of this. The Lord is doing wonderful things all around us, all among us, and all within us. Dr. Letty Russell believed this to be true. She was a profound feminist and reformed theologian, remarkable professor, inspiring author, and I am forever grateful my own theology professor, the Reverend Dr. Martha Moore Kish, introduced me to her work and her words while I was at Columbia. Dr. Letty Russell wrote a book titled Just Hospitality, God's Welcome in a World of Difference. In this book, she examines the relationship between God's invitation and the church's participation, and she shares this. The ministry is not ours, nor does it belong to the church. Rather, the ministry of service to humankind is the ministry of God in Christ reconciling the world. The church is invited to participate in that ministry. Russell helps bring to life another layer to this scripture text. God first invites us to participate, and then we respond. In the scripture text, Jesus is the one who first initiates a relationship with the woman as he calls her over. She responds by accepting Christ's invitation and goes over to him to be healed. And again, it is only after Jesus heals the woman's ailment that she then responds by praising God and rejoicing. 
Like the woman, we must appear. We must show up and bring ourselves, our full selves, our physical selves, our mental selves, our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, to the one who created us, the one who claims us, the one who calls us. And with every choice of participation on our part, we must always remember who gives the invitation. It is God who creates these new experiences. It is God who invites us into these new opportunities. It is God who brings us into closer relationship with one another, bringing together our individual lived experiences and perspectives into a collective community. The God who created you, claims you, and calls you, gives you every opportunity, and invites you to join in. We are invited to participate in the kingdom of God by going on trips and journeying alongside others into the unknown with an open mind of gaining new perspectives. We are invited to participate in the kingdom of God even if our hands are trembling and our feet are weary, we are invited to participate in the kingdom of God by joining small groups and Sunday school classes and finding new ways to re-engage with your faith family here at Riverside. Church, family, God is the one who gives you opportunity after opportunity and gift after gift to gain new perspectives. And there is another layer to all of this. Friends, this isn't just about us. When we choose to participate, this isn't even just about the relationship between ourselves and God. Did you notice that the woman is unnamed? The only name she is called in this text is that she is a daughter of Abraham. The author of this text wants us to know that she belongs to community. And did you notice the crowd in the story too? When the woman's perspective changed, they were changed too, and they also began rejoicing. We were created and are called to live in community with God and with one another. When we accept God's invitation and participate in the kingdom of God, others are changed as well. The group from Outdoor Challenge accepted God's invitation, and we experienced transformation. As our group's physical location and perspective changed from the mountaintops to the depths of a cave, all of our mental, emotional, and spiritual perspectives changed too. So that seminary assignment from all those years ago continues to come back to me, and it continues to challenge me, and it continues to encourage me. As I reflect on our group's experience in that cave, even with all of my questioning and wondering, I cannot help but wonder this. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. 
The kingdom of God is like a youth looking at you in a dark cave and saying, Lauren, you do not look well. And after noticing your fear and anxiety, they proceed to sing, every little thing is going to be all right, that echoes through the cave walls. The kingdom of God is like being assured by the words of a fellow chaperone, I think you can, but you don't have to. And more importantly, I believe you can, and I am here with you. The kingdom of God is like responding to God's call and choosing to participate in new opportunities, believing that God is inviting you to experience new perspectives and trusting that you never journey alone. Friends, thanks be to God when we choose participation. Thanks be to God for the divine's invitation. Thanks be to God for community transformation. Amen.